Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Nikki, and Ian. Michigan's Democratic House passed legislation on Tuesday that enables attorneys to shut down hate speech. The new House Bill 4474 is a vague and unconstitutional censorship law that determines feeling threatened as reasonable grounds to prosecute offenders. Yeah, so what does hate speech even mean? Because normally it's things that are homophobic or anti-Semitic, things like that. But I mean, hate speech, I mean, it sounds very vague. That could really mean anything. You could say something I don't like and I'm 911, jail. The same thing got passed in Florida unanimously. I think the three of us talked about that. Maybe it's a different show, but... Um, Florida's House and Senate unanimously, all Republicans, all Democrats, voted in a bill that's very very similar to this one, that if somebody does an act that's already illegal, but hatefully, mm-hmm. then five years in jail. And uh, you're right, it's very vague, Nikki. It's kind of like thought crime, like going after thought crime. Yeah, I always thought that the Republicans were good on this particular issue. Uh, you know, and historically... They seem to have understood, and obviously this is not the case now, apparently, because as you said, it was, if not unanimous, nearly unanimous in the state of Florida, this uh, hate speech bill. I always thought the Republicans understood that hate crimes were a bad idea because essentially you're just punishing someone for a thought. You're punishing someone, oh, okay, well, it's it's in addition to, right? So like a, a hate crime isn't just saying something that you don't like or that somebody doesn't like, it's you're also vandalizing someone or you know a building or you're destroying somebody's property you're physically attacking a, a person or whatever and it's you're saying something at the same time or with the vandalization you're leaving a, a swastika or some other kind of uh, hateful message the idea that that should make a crime of property destruction worse than otherwise just you know painting all over somebody's building Whatever it happens to be, uh, I think is is pretty ridiculous. And I always thought the Republicans got this one, but I guess they've now you know gone totally uh, politically correct too. It's definitely a woke position that DeSantis is uh, you know all for. Went to Israel to sign and make a big deal out of it, saying uh, you know we're going to be it, this is the most anti anti Semitism bill ever. Well, which is weird because it doesn't only talk about being anti-Semitic. It talks about like hate at all. But, you know, but that does it protect specific groups. Uh, Like, for instance, if I were to commit some sort of act, whatever that crime might be, and say, I hate the government, would that also be included in the hate crime legislation? Are they a protected class? Because normally you think about like races of people or sexual orientations genders but is what you do for a living also something that can be hated and qualify you under uh this statute sounds extremely unconstitutional i mean even if i mean this this bill that passed is extremely unconstitutional well yeah i mean it's completely against the first amendment Um, i mean that's completely anti-free speech this is uh from the washington examiner i forgot to say from today says the punishment for making someone, quote, feel threatened in Michigan is five years in jail and a $10,000 fine. For making someone feel threatened? Yeah, I don't even know how you measure that. 
Well, okay, so there is the idea prior to this bill, I'm, I'm sure Michigan already had something about, you know, if you actually threaten someone, that that is that is a crime, right? So uh, if I recall correctly, that is like the definition in some states of an assault. So you don't have to actually physically push somebody yeah, it can or be verbal. physically harm somebody. It can be you have threatened that person to the point where they believe that you're going to do the thing that you're going to do. Uh, criminal threatening might be the, the terminology in, in some states where you haven't actually committed the act yet. But you know, if you've said something like "I'm gonna kill you" or whatever that, and it's and you're like, like if you're standing in front of somebody and they say "I'm gonna kill you," and then they start moving towards you, you know how how long do you have to wait before you can pull a gun and blast that person? Right? Do you have to wait until their their hands are around your throat? Yeah, it depends on the state. <laughs> And the thing about hate speech is it always changes, right? So like 200 years ago, you know, words have had different meanings and it was, you know, politically correct or socially acceptable to say certain things that nowadays it's not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you always get those like older... Eskimo. F- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you always get those older folks who like, maybe they still say the N-word My or like certain things. My grandmother said colored right up until she died. Exactly. And she wasn't so- racist. No, that's just the, that's how she yeah. knew to categorize right. people and classify people. Right. And there are still a lot of elderly people like that. So are you going to throw Mima in jail because she's mm-hmm. like senile and racist? Yeah. You know, it's just like, where does this end? My well, mom, that's the thing. My, mine wasn't racist. She just used the wrong word. Yeah. Right. right. My mom is not racist either. I was going to say she has said Oriental and I've been like, Mama, you can't say that. <laughs> that just sounds racist. Yeah. And she's definitely not racist. But in, even if somebody was, like, I don't appreciate people that are racist or homophobic, but I do believe they have the right to be. You know, like, we can't mm. tell people what to believe and think. And, and putting someone in jail is a, a way worse crime against a human being than somebody Absolutely. saying... Like, how is that not word. assault and molestation? Yeah. Kidnapping someone and throwing them in a jail cell. Yeah, I felt threatened when the cops had me in handcuffs for hours searching through my house. I also felt molested when mm-hmm. they, you know, went through all my things. Well, it's okay when they do it. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Uh, there are s- countries where this is more common, like uh, Canada. We, You and I were just talking about this today, Bonnie, because... You know, there's certain people in our chat room who, uh, over at chat.freetalklive.com, one of them in particular lives, at least one of them, I think there's actually a couple of them that live in Canada, and at least one of those people is, seems like a pretty racist dude, uh, but he's got to keep that also to hateful. himself. Oh my right? God, if anybody speaks with a hateful tongue, it's this, it's this uh, 4chan matrix chat loser. Yeah, and he's got to keep it real controlled because they can put you in jail in Canada. Does that mean he's not actually racist? No, he's cr- really racist. Uh, but, you know, he's not in jail right now. Would putting him in jail, if he were to speak what he's been saying, for instance, publicly in Canada, he may face some sort of criminal charge. Would that make him not racist to face criminal charges for being racist? No, it would actually probably make him hate those people even more than than he currently does whoever it is that that he hates and i'm pretty sure he hates everybody except for his own that's how i feel about um all forest association laws um i think that it causes more racism what like what's a forest association like like there's lots of actual laws i didn't learn about it until i started reading they fear unity by Olo axelman Mm -hmm. there are actually laws where the government 
doesn't let you make a college, doesn't let you run a college unless you let a certain amount of black people into this uh, position and a certain amount of Hispanic people into the... It's not about who did the best job. So a bunch of Asian people who have the best grades and all these extracurricular things and stuff like that have been not being able to attend Harvard because, mm-hmm. sorry, we have too many Asians and whites right now. Don't they call that affirmative action? Yeah, and, and I used to think term? it was just like a cultural thing happening, mm-hmm. but it's actually, there are laws it's for it. It's required. No, mm-hmm. and you can get like tax write-offs and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, my point is really just that I think that that kind of thing makes racism more prevalent. Like people are going to have this little thing to be like, oh, that black person doesn't deserve that job. That's just affirmative action, well, which and- may or may not even be true. They're just they have this thing to say now. And not even just that. I mean, it is kind of inherently racist to be like, we yeah. have to give people like, why Why do we need to give those people their jobs? Do they think they're lesser? Like, what is the reason? Yeah, yeah do, are, because do if they, they, think they can't uh, do it on their own merit. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of. I don't know. It's it is. Yeah, I think they call it reverse racism. And what's what's interesting about it is if there weren't those laws and if there was actually like a free market and everything, we could have colleges that straight up said, I only allow this one race to attend this college. And that could be a thing. And we could, you know, have a market of which colleges came out with the best students. You know, It, it, it was it's it's not like if we. Let the markets be free. Only white people would be able to attend college. It's just silly. Like right now, there are colleges. I don't know really why this is legal, but right now there are even colleges where um, you have to be a Mormon to get in. I didn't know that. Yeah, you have to be a Mormon to go to BYU. Okay. Just so Brigham weird. Brigham Young University. Yeah, in Utah. Well, it must be a private college. Um, oh, okay. They, they so they're not accepting government money. I'm guessing that it. they don't accept government money because then all the rules. Yeah, you know, government doesn't just hand out money; they have strings attached. So all those affirmative action rules would absolutely come into play. Ricky from the Commonwealth, are you there, Ricky? I would be there, Miss Bonnie. Thank you, and good evening, Brother Ian and Sister Nikki. Good hey, Ricky. evening. What's on your mind? Well, you know, I wanted to chime in on this whole anti-racism discussion. I will say that myself, I've been saying for 25 years about getting rid of affirmative action. I mean, I've seen the problems with that, and I'm not even going to go into it. You guys probably already have been and probably will more why it's a bad thing. But here's what's on my mind. You know, I mean, I say about being the Confederate Democrat, and one thing I look at is the Confederate monuments. And what's interesting about that, is you'll get one of these people that are a so-called leader, and they have whatever their agenda is, and they get some followers, but then you get the government say, yes, yes, we're all for it, and they're going to tear them down. The government You're talking care. about taking down Confederate, Confederate mon- monuments. Right. Now, their reason is obvious. Well, they want to get any trace of the CSA gone because they don't want people to even think about that this even existed. Mm-hmm. But you know what's also interesting I look at? You know, Jefferson Davis, one of the more recent ones to be tore down, was his monument in New Orleans. Now, he was president of CSA, and he died in New Orleans. And the funny thing is, to this day, descendants of slaves put flowers on his grave. And people scratch their heads at this, and they shouldn't. You know, and this is the problem with all of this stuff. Why? Why shouldn't they? uh, You're saying they shouldn't scratch their heads at this. Why shouldn't they? They well, they do. 
but I'm, they do scratch their heads. Not everybody. Now, I know plenty of blacks, and I've met plenty that understand the truth, not only about the Civil War, but all of this stuff. But there's a lot of people who don't, too. Which is what? Why, what's the truth about Jefferson Davis as to why descendants of slaves would put flowers on his grave? Well, I mean, uh, the reason why is he, well, one, he was, he was not a racist. I mean, but second, wasn't he, he was, like the president of the Confederacy or something? Absolutely, he was. Uh-huh. And plus, you know, he was a good master. And and you know, there's a woman. In fact, there's a video on YouTube where she's talking about it, putting flowers on his grave, and she's a descendant. And her reason was is he gave people at the time her descendants opportunity that they never had. Now he was a good master. I mean, I'm not saying all masters were. I mean, there were people that were. You're going to have that in everything, even now. You know. I think the only but, good master would be somebody who realizes, hmm, I don't have the authority to um, control anyone else's life and let them go. I mean, as long as it's yeah, consensual, it's I guess. Body. But slavery was by what definition not done? consensual. Right? Yeah, exactly. Wait, what, what did you well, say, Ricky? Well, they wouldn't have worked on a farm, what would they have done? At that time, there wasn't a whole lot to do. You could they do could have worked farm. on their own damn farm for their own purposes. Uh, some did, Ian. A good example. Not a slave. The, well, wait a minute. In the 1600s, get this one. In the 1600s, this was still under British rule, there was a man, and he came over. He was a black immigrant. His thing was tobacco. He was a slave. Now, he had a contract. He fulfilled his contract. He had a second one go, and now his master let him out of that contract and said, be on your own. He became a master himself, and he had slaves. Now, the interesting thing about this was is one of his slaves ran away, oddly enough, a white man. Then he said to them, hey, I want my property back. Well, you know what they said? The British guy said, hey, we're not going to do that. This is free. This guy's free. That's it, period. Well, he's, the guy ran away again, you know, and he said, okay, I want my property. He said, no, this man's free, you know, period. Now, the third time, he goes into one of the British judges, and it's odd because this is about in 1650. He pulls out of his pocket a piece of paper. He says, I got this one for life, and they look at it puzzled, and they confer with another person in the office. I guess you do. He was the first man to own someone for life, and oddly enough, at, towards the end of his life, he got rid of all of his slaves, except for that one man. And that's document. I can't remember his name. But What's the point of telling this story? Yeah, I'm a, I don't even, the thing about it is, like, there's a lot of these things that can't even actually be corroborated. Like, are these, like, letters? You can look it up. Report? It's on the internet, sweetheart. What's I've the point of the story, though? I don't, I don't even name. remember what you were trying to say. My point is, you know, the the when it comes to history... The focus of the truth has been shifted and shrouded with an agenda. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Are you there? I wasn't. I wasn't expecting to get on the call, so I was hitting my bong. Uh, <laughs> my name is Bobby. I'm from Florida. Okay, hi, Bobby from Florida. What's your topic tonight? Um. Well, could the just two hours ago, Kentucky, a federal judge, um, uh. They uh, blocked, temporary blocked, the uh, gender-affirming care uh, for transgender youth. So I guess the ACLU in Kentucky filed a lawsuit, and then they, they the governor, uh, the, their, their state house and everything, they voted to ban um, all youth um, uh, 
you know, for transgenders affirming care, you know, uh, hormones and Juice. I guess um, operations. Yes, yes, for youth. And then, um, then, then just, just, just now, you know, a couple hours ago, a federal judge temporarily blocked um, the, that bill from them being able to do that. And I, I just think it's I now, now aside from the from from the gender care and all that stuff, I, I think a federal judge jumping in on state issues like that isn't right, you know. Hmm. I don't believe in uh, the federal government, so I guess I could agree with that. But I, I, I did get a little lost there. Sorry. Uh, did you say that the bill was going to? What was the bill going to do? Okay, well, it's gonna it would block gender affirming care for wow. trans youth. So, so under eighteen, seven transgender minors and their parents filed motions. So yes, under eighteen. When it, when they say it would block that, does that mean that it would block some sort of state funding for it, or that it would prohibit all privately paid for gender affirming care? It would prohibit everything under under eighteen. I see, like and sex it, changes. And, 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 um, but gender uh, affirming and, you know. care goes beyond that. Gender affirming care could be using a different name or, mm-hmm. um, dressing, you know, dressing differently. Um, right. and Everybody like being able. To, yeah. Arya's yeah. talked about this. Yeah. Everybody just jumps to, oh, it must mean people chopping their genitals off when it can actually just be like therapy. Yeah. Right? And most people aren't doing that, especially under 18. I mean, doing the full bottom surgery is actually quite rare. Mm -hmm. Most trans people don't even have any desire to do that. Um, And I know some people will, you know, either will do like other sort of plastic surgery things. But I think typically that sort of thing happens in adulthood. Um, And then some people will argue for and against the hormones and the hormone blockers in teenagers. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of that. But I do think like it should be up to the individual and their parents. Like yeah. it just doesn't have anything to do with me. So I don't think there should be legislation for it or against it. I just think people should be able to kind of do whatever they want to do as long as they're not harming anyone else. Yeah. Now, do we do we need legislation keeping people from getting tattoos underage if their parents agree? Because right now you can get a tattoo. They if have that legislation, it, don't they? Well, no. I mean, right now there's. In, can you in, actually I don't know get a tattoo country, with parental but, consent? Yeah. There's plenty of people that have gotten tattoos not with here. parental consent. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think, yeah, that, not I don't think in a lot of places I'm, I'm that's illegal. I'm surprised that that's illegal in more places. It would be surprised if it's legal in more places than not because in Utah it's legal. Hmm. So that would wow. be kind of weird. I mean, Utah is pretty conservative. We were talking about Michigan for a different reason, but Michigan's all kinds of crazy right now. If you live there, you should probably get out. Um well, I have a related story to what Bobby was calling in about where a federal judge, I've been holding on to this one for a few weeks here, uh, a federal judge also ruled the Tennessee restrictions on drag shows unconstitutional. So kind of in the same vein of these conservative states cracking down uh, by passing these new restrictions against people who are trans or in this case, people who are uh, doing drag shows. And the Tennessee law was the first one that had gone into place. I believe Florida attempted to emulate this law. So I, I think that one also was challenged in federal court recently. And the Florida law also, I believe, was similarly frozen. So these things are not passing federal muster. 
And according to TheHill.com, a federal judge ruled that the Tennessee law banning drag shows in public or in places where children could view them is unconstitutional, finding that it violates freedom of speech protections, according to U.S. District Judge Thomas Parker in his ruling on the law, calling it both unconstitutionally vague and substantially overbroad. The law says, and we talked about this before it went into uh, effect It says a quote-unquote adult cabaret performance is unlawful if it happens on public property or in a location where the performance, quote, could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. It defines such a performance as one that is harmful to minors and includes topless dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, and male or female impersonators. So that's where the drag show, because obviously drag isn't necessarily topless. Most most cases are definitely not. They're just... You know, men dra- dressing as women and usually in very fancy clothes. And what's, uh, what's weird is it says uh, men, male or female impersonators, but that's not inherently sexual. No, it's not. Or inappropriate. And also, who is deciding what is or isn't inappropriate for a child to witness? Because I guess the everyone, cops are. yeah, the cops, the cops that show up and they're, you yeah, know, so low it's IQ. up for their discretion. And yep. we know they don't Basically. have very good discretion or morals or principles. Or so, any I responsibility mean, for making the wrong choice. Yep. If a cops get call, cops get called to a drag show where somebody said, this is inappropriate for children. And the cops walk in and it's just your typical drag show, which is just people cross-dressing and singing and dancing yeah. on a stage. And some cop just believes that that is inappropriate for children. Then somebody's going to get arrested and then prosecuted. So, I again... I, does yeah. it have the word that they use there? It starts with a P. I had never heard it before. And it, it just means like sexual. Prurient. Prurient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I believe that is in the law, but I don't have the actual okay. text here. So that is the word that they use in the law. It's it's any of those uh, types of performances that are done in a prurient way. So Right, which is kind of like cop- pandering to uh, the lowest common denominator in sex, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're expecting a cop to know what that word means and then... <laughs> Uh, get to decide what is and isn't that and it's just crazy well that looked sexual to me so i arrested that man we have frank from michigan frank what's on your mind hi guys it appears that uh bonnie are you in training to take over the show that's what it kind of seems like tonight is that is that what's going on well, I'm not in training to take over the show, but I felt just by my own volition that I should probably start hosting Wednesdays because it's always been She Talk Live and Aria is going to be in prison for some amount of time. She went in yesterday and uh, she called us today. So I guess we could talk a little bit about that. But mm-hmm. yep, she did. Um, Yeah. So Aria is not going to be here for however long, up to a year and a half. And I just decided maybe Nikki and I can do the show alone some days so Ian actually gets a day off or, you know, we could have a third female in here sometimes and that's basically it. Yeah, it certainly doesn't hurt to have more people uh, hosting Free Talk Live. I got you. And uh, Ian, you're just kind of hanging out and uh, watching how she's doing kind of thing and making sure everything's running smooth. Is that what's going on tonight? Yeah, that's definitely what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. I'd be interested to know what uh, Aria had to say uh, after her first day in, uh, in the joint, if um, you want to share. Yeah, I, obviously she's got an open invitation to call in, but uh, apparently things are, you know, all things considered, it could be a lot worse. She's in a, uh, not even a minimum security facility, she's in a, what is called a camp. And so there's not even like 
barbed wire or a fence. So and they can go out when they want. They can go outside uh, pretty much any time they want unless they are being what is called recalled. So yeah. in most jails, they have what they call a lockdown. Uh, that's where if you're out in the day room or whatever and they call lockdown, you have to go back to your cell. The doors have to be closed and then they, you know, they're locked. You can't leave. Uh, but in this case, it's sort of like an open... It's sort of like an open bunk room that they're in. There's apparently 60 guys that are in this uh, this bunk room with uh, with her, and it is at this medical facility. So it's uh, since it's a minimum or camp style situation, uh, it's very very easy going. She said she's barely even seen any guards since she was there. I imagine a, a guard checked her in, but apparently once they're in the facility, then they're just kind of allowed to do their thing for the for the most part and she will be apparently being assigned some sort of a work task uh not sure if she's going to have any kind of choice in that matter or you know if they're going to give her options or they're just going to say well you're in the kitchen or you're outside mowing the lawn or whatever yeah the slavery part so yeah we haven't gotten to that part of it yet to to find out what what her assignment is going to be oh yeah we Uh, talked about slavery on the show tonight we didn't even uh think to mention slavery is not illegal in the united states not if you're the government Ari is a slave right now so but she says everyone has been very nice as oh, far as God. as far as the other inmates are concerned helping her out giving her things she uh, got a water bottle from one of the inmates uh, another inmate she told me via email today that she because she also called and also sent an, an email through the federal core link system uh she got a, a pepsi she was gifted a pepsi from one of the other prisoners because she yeah i guess she's got a caffeine addiction so she was grateful to uh, to have some caffeine because she won't be able to get her commissary order until I think it's going to be next Thursday. So the orders have to go in on Sunday and then it's a few days before the delivery comes in. So that's pretty standard when you get into a a facility is you don't get commissary the next day. It takes it takes a little bit of time. And the other good news is she was grateful that apparently some people have already put some money into her commissary account. So she does have some funds with which she could order, you know, coffee or underwear or whatever it is that uh, that you can order on a on a federal commissary. So all things considered, you know, obviously the bed sucks, uh, the the mattress sucks. That's mm-hmm. just you know pretty standard with these situ- situations. But uh, it seems like it could be a lot worse. And uh, being able to go outside anytime you want to is a really nice uh, nice thing. Gotcha. And what's your date for sentencing? I. I- I heard it was changed. What's the new date? Uh, it's currently August 17th, but if anyone's planning to attend, you should just pencil that one in because it's been set back multiple times now, and there's, I would say, still a good chance it's going to be set back again, uh, given there's still a lot of things to be hashed out with the, uh, the motion to dismiss that's still in play at federal court, and there's still paperwork that needs to get taken care of. So I, I feel like that's a f- fairly unrealistic date at this point but that's the that's the current date for me it it does give people more of an opportunity since it's been pushed back to write a letter to the judge and if you uh want to know how to do that you can go to letters.freetalklive.com before we took rick's i mean uh frank's call we were talking about jeremy kaufman at the porcupine freedom festival Mm -hmm. during the soapbox idol event where people get up on stage and rant for three minutes. I really wish we could play the video. I really, really yeah, wish. Yeah, there's a lot of cursing. I know, we should have uh, beforehand censored it. Beep, it would have taken a lot beep, of time. That would have taken <laughs> at least, yeah. You wouldn't even have understood what mm-hmm. he was saying. Basically, all right, I'll, I'll start off trying to explain what happened. So all of the other contestants had gone, you know, done their three minutes, got off the stage, and then Aria... Constance and Jeremy were able to judge them, give them a, I think like a one out of 10 
and uh, just, you know, I think it's actually more than that. I think they can just give an arbitrary number. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I want to say, like, this whole thing is a complete joke, kind of. Like, uh, Aria was saying that Jeremy gave someone an extra point one year for bringing him a beer. Mm -hmm. So then Aria was like, well, I'm deducting a point because you didn't bring me a beer. So, like, this isn't just, like... And then um, I saw Constance post online, like, oh, this person was my favorite soapbox idol person, which is funny because I gave them a zero. So oh, this wow. exactly. Wow. So it's not really as cut and dry. Like this isn't, you know, like a regular contest show where you're like a scholarship. Like exactly. You know? It's not serious. It's a joke. It's supposed to be fun and funny and like not super serious. It's supposed to be just lighthearted, like a a nice fun way to end the festival. Right. And um, somebody that is not a real free stater didn't seem to get that memo. And so the mm-hmm. last person to go, I thought it was a little weird. My friend told me who was there that AJ, the MC, his name is AJ, said right before he brought this schizophrenic guy on the stage, he said, this is the one person that I was told I had to have on. Hmm. And I was like, well, her, my friend was wondering. By who? My, exactly. That's what my friend was wondering. Who told me had to have it on? And what is that supposed hmm. to mean? Does it doesn't he, does he mean you have to have this guy on? He's great. Or... Does he mean like you absolutely have to have this guy on? I don't know. That's weird. From what I understand, and I don't know the ins and outs of how this um, is run, but I think people kind of audition and do like, okay, this is what I want to talk about. And then I I don't think every single person that wants to speak gets on. Mm -hmm. I think there is Hmm. some sort of like... There is an audition, isn't there? Yeah, Yeah. I think there's some sort of like early stage audition pro. It's not, again, it's not super serious, like, but... It's like, nope, that that sucks. We're not going to have you on. Or, yeah, that's funny. That's interesting. We'll have you on. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that part. Well, so this guy goes up. I don't know his name. It was probably in the video, but I don't remember his name. And he's very solemn. He doesn't step up on the actual soapbox or the little um, platform that they have that says soapbox on it. And he starts off saying, you guys are, you know, my family has been here for generations, seven generations or something like that in New Hampshire. And you free staters are the army I've been waiting for. We've been holding space for the army to arrive. And I feel Got a lot like- of cheers, a lot of, a uh, lot of applause. Yeah, it just weird. sounds so crazy like that. It, it, it's just, it's cringy. Mm-hmm. Cringy And that's too. what I said before in the break. It's, it's very cringy. Like, what are you even talking about? Like, we're yeah. not an arm. I don't want to be classified as an army. Yeah. You know, I'm not part of your army. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to exist peacefully and being right. left alone. Like, I don't want to join your militia or your army. It's no, thank you. It's like too. Like, it to is. Like, the word army, which is implicitly implying like- well, a lot of things that, like, just from, like, the clips I've heard, like, a lot, like, he was throwing major Fed vibes. Yeah. He he also said, well, I guess I should go on to the main point of his rant, which went on for six and a half minutes, I think. Uh, more according- than twice as long as what he was allowed. More than three minutes. M- more than three minutes by at least twice. Mm-hmm. Um, his main rant was saying, so they've been after my daughters. They, who knows who the they is, but he said that... The medical establishment is out to kill us, as in, like, the people, and they've been after my daughters. So when she was two years old, uh, some other vaccine, not, you're, you're right, and not the COVID vaccine, uh, killed my daughter, but I knew what to do because I was trained. Mm-hmm. I put her in a bathtub filled with ice, and I did CPR, and I brought her back to life. 
Then what? I brought that's her. That's what he says. That's yeah, what yeah he says. it does not sound like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and he says, I brought her lifeless, almost lifeless body to uh, the hospital and screamed at them that they were wrong and to fix my daughter. And he they claimed, did. And I broke down a door in the hospital. He, that's says what he that. said, yeah. He said he brought her back to the very same hospital that had injected her with the vaccine. Right. And yelled at them that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, my daughter was a six foot, when she was 17, she was a six foot three, beautiful, ginger, redheaded girl. And if she looked in your eyes, it would make you speechless because she was so pure of heart. Did you get the impression that he's crazy? Uh, I don't think he straight up said this, but did you get the impression that he's divorced? Uh, I guess so. I mean, I I would, I don't know. Because... I mean, obviously the person is crazy, but if your daughter had such a negative experience to a vaccine Hmm. at age two, why would you allow her to get a COVID vaccine? That's a great question. At any point. Yeah. Unless you were divorced and she got the vaccine because mom had her get the vaccine. That is is possible because, so I actually know some of my friends personally who, um, you know, they, their children had really negative reactions to vaccines. So like seizures, you know, I had one friend who unfortunately um, her child passed away and all of those people, even if it was something like they felt like it gave their kid autism or ADHD or even whatever the reaction was, if a parent, typically if a parent identifies something that happened to their child as a negative reaction of a vaccination, typically they become an anti-vaxxer. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. We have Kadu on the line in Connecticut. Kadu, what's on your mind? Hey, I know that I won't be able to make that great of an argument about why I think it's a mildly positive thing that RFK Jr. showed up at Porkfest, but I want to ask, I know you guys think, you know, these politicians, they're just showing up for votes, which is probably true, but just to end this whole stupid RFK Jr. thought thing I was having, do you think... Uh, he really benefits more than potentially suffers from peering at Porkfest? I think he would probably benefit more than he would... Saw. Like, I think it would benefit him more than it would hurt his reputation for being, you know, associated with us extremists in New Hampshire. Yeah, like, people outside of New Hampshire don't know what the Porcupine Freedom Festival is or what the Free State Project is. The only Democrats that have a negative opinion of... The Free Staters is New Hampshire, but the Free St- I mean the New Hampshire Democratic primary is not going to count this year. So I don't think it will hurt RFK at all. I think it'll definitely help him. There's now a video of him giving a speech that wouldn't otherwise exist. Uh, he reached more people that might have not talked to him. I definitely think that it is all a boon to him and well, the Democrats doesn't help in, Porkfest. in power already hate him. So yeah, it's not gonna help. It's not going to, I think, hurt him because the Democrats are already like the standard run of the mill uh, go Biden Democrat is never going to consider 
what RFK has to say. He has to appeal to the independents. And in New Hampshire, uh, the independents are the, the plurality of the voters here. So the, yeah. there's more independents than there are Democrats, and there's more independents than there are Republicans. So he probably is well aware of this. He's got to sway those people to vote for him. And, uh, and, and again, Biden's not expected to be on the ballot in New Hampshire because they've kicked New Hampshire out, essentially, from the Democratic primary system basically at this point by not acknowledging their first in the nation status the official democrat perspective is that they just won't count whoever it is that that wins so what you did say that you have the opinion that it is overall a good thing that rfk came to pork fest what do you mean by that could you um i just think um here i'll i'll, I'll give a i don't really have an, an answer for that but i think from from our perspective, uh, you know, very skeptical of the state and, and having uh, problems with the state, it's very obvious to us why uh, it's not a good thing. But I was at the park the other day, and I was talking to this 75-year-old liberal guy, and he had memories of, you know, supporting, um, you know, Robert, the original Robert Kennedy, like, back in the day. And, but his whole perception of this guy is that he's some crazy um, anti-vaxxer who's basically right wing. And um, his whole notion of who this guy is, is um, skewed, skewed by the media. And he has, uh, he has no sense of like, who cares what uh, RFK Jr. thinks about vaccines? I mean, if he if he was president, uh, why? Uh, it's not like he's going to force Americans to not take the vaccine. That would never happen. So, um, so it's just interesting to me um, uh, to have him as a speaker in the sense that, okay, he's not on board with us, but he still is somebody that uh, you know is being misrepresented. Mm-hmm. Um, is potentially has potentially some of the same enemies that we have, you know, these these kind of Fauci people, blah blah blah. So even though he's not a perfect representative of our movement to say the least, I mean, he's not even close. But um, he's a person who's been taking a lot of heat uh, for reasons he shouldn't be taking heat for. Well, I I would agree that it's weird that I've seen a lot of people act like he's a right winger when he's clearly not. He's against libertarians in many left-wing reasons for for many left-wing reasons like he wants to take people's guns away he said oh i will not take your guns away but that- but then literally i guess not literally did at pork fest but he didn't Basically. let people carry at his and i was surprised how many people still showed up this man he went on a rant an anti-vaccine uh, rant he said that the covid vaccine killed his 17 year old daughter six weeks ago and when he the when his whole crazy six and a half minute long rant was over, Jeremy, uh, the whole not the whole crowd, but a lot of people in the crowd stood and clapped for him. It was very loud. And then when they were done clapping, Jeremy Kaufman stands up and goes, "You guys are gonna hate me, but excuse, or, sir, I think you're a very captivating speaker, but I think you're absolutely effing insane. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely effing crazy." And which the guy, is spot on. Yes, the guy didn't get he down. He did seem crazy. 
He didn't get down off the stage and let the speaker or the judges do their thing. Yeah, which so supposedly and I'm supposed to do. the rules of the event are that when the speaker is finished with their rant, they have to get off the stage, relinquish the microphone, leave the stage, and then the uh, the judges sort of weigh in. The speaker is not allowed to respond. It's not not supposed to it's, be a debate. Exactly. Yeah. Which this guy clearly didn't get because Jeremy, you know, was making his statement. And this guy just kept like trying to defend himself and going back and forth. And Jeremy even said, like, listen, this isn't a debate. Like, you need to get off the stage. This is inappropriate. And this then he isn't. refused. And then to he's get like, the I didn't ask for your opinion. Actually, you did ask yeah. for his opinion because you wouldn't be doing soapbox idol right now. Right. The whole point is to get the opinion of the judges and to essentially, like Bonnie said earlier, kind of get roasted. They well, don't always roast people. So they, it's almost like they're giving feedback. They're judging you. That's yeah. the point. Well, and I don't know if this guy wasn't there for the entire event because supposedly he was the last speaker. So presumably he saw some of the others speaking and right. saw how the procedure went, but he thought he was exempt from the, the rules. Yeah, he seemed really entitled. Like, my daughter died, so you don't get to be mean to me. Right, and he refused to, like, people, multiple volunteers were trying to, like, get the microphone away from this guy. It took some time, uh, and he just refused to just go quietly. Basically, the guy stood there, and Jeremy said, after he said, you're completely effing insane, he said, "Um, I don't think that the libertarian movement needs to be associated with this whole anti-vax thing. A lot of libertarians are not absolutely anti-vax like mm-hmm. believing that all vaccines are bad right just because they were maybe against the covid experimental vaccination they may have still supported vaccines elsewise right. and this is an issue libertarians disagree on this is uh you know some of them are anti-vax and some of them are skeptical but they might be okay with some of them the idea is you can get your kids vaccinated if i had kids i wouldn't get them vaccinated and we should all be able to live in harmony Mm-hmm. And that's all the libertarian position is on vaccines. So you don't think Jeremy did anything wrong? I don't think he did anything wrong. Was he wrong. a little too harsh, don't you think? Or is that how harsh uh, but, they normally but, are? Oh, absolutely. They're, I've seen them be more harsh. Like, does, you know, really, like he he, I mean, Jeremy was calling him a loser at one point. Is that really what happens I to mean, others? I don't... Yeah. Okay, he was calling really? him a loser it's, when he wouldn't get off the stage. The guy yeah. said... True, that's He true. said, get off the stage. And the guy said, make me. This mm. is my effing country, he, New and, Hampshire. And that's, mm. that's the thing, too. He was being aggressive. Like yeah, it, it, it seems like he was about to attack Jeremy. Jeremy does deserve, I think, a lot of credit for before the dude got really aggressive. He said, look, I'm sorry this happened to your yeah. daughter. Yeah, but he said that he multiple was, times. Yeah, yeah. People keep accusing him of being too mean to somebody whose daughter died. Well, and, and I heard like, somebody said, oh, he was making fun of him. Right. And he wasn't making fun. of. I mean, no, he started making fun genuine. of him. When he wouldn't get off the stage and was right. acting like a loser, and he right, and you all know, the called guy him had, so. I mean, right, all this guy had was this entitlement idea of, well, I have a right to say whatever I want to say you for know, as long as I want. In my hand, and uh, it, it, yeah, it was he definitely needed to go, and he wasn't. It was so weird. There was this one part where he said, "Are you going to bring my daughter back?" That was really weird. And Jeremy just said, "Listen, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm sorry about your daughter." But this isn't the time or place. I think that the Free State Project is getting, you know, kind of a weird popularity contest with all this RFK stuff. And Nikki was uh, sharing the same sentiment. I just think that it's not important for us to be popular among people who don't like us. The point is, become popular on your own merit. If you believe that 
your beliefs are good and more people could come to your side, quote unquote, you should be able to get popular on your own merit and throw your own event that's all about you and what you believe Mm -hmm. and not have people who are popular for being bad psychopaths, but popular nonetheless there to try to get some clout. And I just really don't like that. Well, and that's how... Porkfest started, right? And and I don't want it to be like some libertarian purity contest. Like, I don't think it needs to be that serious. But I do have some legitimate concerns because with the past couple of years, like previously there, from what I know, there wasn't really any issues with violence or theft or anything like that. And, and I know last year some locals came in. They heard, though, there's a big party and they kind of like vandalized some things. So that wasn't really actual attendees of the festival Mm -hmm. but i mean this year someone like hit a guy in the head with a crystal and like there's just been some things that weren't happening in the past and i think if we kind of like if pork fest and like fsp stuck to their roots a little bit more and didn't like wasn't trying to appeal to these like republican conservative types and I, I think we wouldn't really have as many of those issues. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there was a ton of issues at Porkfest. I actually think this year I stayed pretty much the whole time. I think this year's Porkfest went really smooth. Um, there was only a couple incidents. Like, for the most part, uh, it went really well. Most of the events went really, really well. Like, I do think it was a great success. And I always have a great time at Porkfest. So I'm mm-hmm. not really trying to say anything too negative about Porkfest. But... I think they should reel it in a little bit more with try with the popularity contest stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it's not every year at Porkfest that the pie station that leaves their money box out gets stolen from, uh, and somebody who's a libertarian mm-hmm. wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, and Mikey last year had his cash box stolen, and and that's part of the like appeal of a libertarian society is like, yeah, you can have a cash box out and like people will just pay for things like you don't need to monitor your stuff and worry about people stealing. Like I've been to a lot of festivals, certain music festivals, you have to lock up your stuff. Like you need to worry about people stealing from you. And that's something like in libertarian communities, you don't have to worry about because people have principles and they believe in property rights and they just believe in overall being a good person. And I would just really hate to see any of those sentiments getting watered down. Like I want Porkfest to stay like a really safe, like happy, fun family festival. Um, that's free. Yep. Uh, I bring it up in, in relation to the Jeremy thing, because Ian kind of asked us the question, like, do you think it's okay for Jeremy to call the guy a loser? And Carla Garrick, uh, president emeritus of the free state project, if I'm saying that right, emeritus, emeritus, I'm not emeritus, sure. Um, was one of the people that had to hold the guy back, this mm-hmm. guy that was totally out of line and Jeremy Kaufman kept calling a loser and effing insane and all this stuff. Um, and I think she was actually him. trying to take the mic from him and she did successfully get the mic away from well, him. Well, she put on point. Twitter that she was holding him back with all her strength and she said the words, I kind of think the guy would have been justified in punching you in the face, Jeremy. Oof. Oh, no, 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 no. Words never justify no. um, physical attack. I, I am shocked that unless she said that. The, unless it's an actual threat, as we Of course, earlier. but I right. mean, Jeremy wasn't threatening him. No, he's and, and a I loser. Do, and I do kind of get the point, okay, if this guy's being crazy and he's like kind of starting to threaten aggression, um, maybe egging him on. Not might the not smartest. Be a good idea. Yeah, like, might not, it not be a good idea. idea, but that's not 
calling somebody a loser isn't grounds to physically assault no, them. That's definitely insane. Not. It no, just, I mean, Jeremy was pretty far away from the guy. I mean, the guy was angry. There's no doubt about it. There were multiple people that were kind of trying to corral him, it looked like. But I don't think Jeremy was really in danger of being attacked by him. I mean, Jeremy's behind a table. He was probably at least uh, 10 feet away from the guy, at least based on the, the camera angle that I was looking at. So he didn't like come at Jeremy. He, Jeremy, Jeremy never like, even got out of his up, chair. Yeah, like to like be aggressive or anything like yeah, that. So I don't think there was an actual threat of violence going on here. But there was a crazy person and you never know what a crazy person yeah. who's angry is going to do. Yeah. And I only bring up what Carlos said because it's just kind of like this idea that people need to be completely whitewashed in, not say what, you know, we need to look good for the public. Like, I think that Jeremy had every right to say what he had to say. And yes, he can't control people looking at him badly for what he said, Mm -hmm. but that's the libertarian perspective on speeches. You should be able to say whatever you want, and you also can't control how other people perceive you. If somebody doesn't like that uh, Jeremy's behavior, they're welcome to that opinion. Well, they I wouldn't just, have liked him anyway because he doesn't like vaccines, so there's a lot of people that are just going to be upset at him simply because he doesn't like, or sorry, he lo- he does like vaccines, so he was pro-vaccine, and so the people who are anti-vaccine yeah. are going to be upset about that regardless of whether or not he called the guy yeah. a loser. I mean, I'm kind of glad that Jeremy said what he said, because, and I'm I'm kind of anti-vax, like I'm not completely anti-vax, but I, I do think it's important because I don't want things to become like an echo chamber. So it's mm-hmm. nice to hear someone say, no, I support vaccines. Yeah, we don't all you know, like agree it's, on this thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I feel like I want to talk more about the flag, though, real quick. I okay. mean, because it seemed like it was really offensive uh, to that caller. And I'm glad that he called about it, right? Because yeah. like, that's the appropriate way to handle the situation rather than like silently fume about, mm-hmm. oh, how dare they put that intersectionalist flag up when most well, of mean, us don't even know what that means. Yeah. Right, I mean, but the uh, thing is, we did answer him and he just went on about what the flag means as if it yeah, matters but, to well, us. I also think it would have been better to, because he said he was at Forkfest, yeah. to maybe ask like Aria. Yeah, why not just <laughs> like, ask them? Yeah. Exactly, because she was at the Free Talk Live site the majority right. of the time and she, it, it was technically her flag that it she was, put up. Yeah. So, and obviously, I mean, I didn't have an issue with it, but, um, I didn't really but, care because sh- like, I, it, I look, I get the, uh, I get the viewpoint that like, how many f- colors can you put on this thing? I understand yeah. that. I understand that perspective of, okay, how inclusive can this one flag become? Cause they keep adding, uh, bars to it, right? Yeah. They keep adding. Now they're like slanting them different ways. Yeah. There's and, just so much yeah. and it, it's there's getting crazy. There's like an crazy. infinity sign on it now. It's yeah, really it's getting yeah. you know it's it's getting pretty crazy. So I like I get that viewpoint, um, and I get the my, the my favorite pride flag is definitely the regular rainbow one. Yeah, why isn't and that it, good that enough? That is supposed you know? to include everyone, right? Because not- it's the yeah. rainbow, right? There- like it's literally the visible light spectrum. Okay, yes, it's divided into colors, but you understand that the rainbow is the whole spectrum of people. That wasn't that good. Why wasn't that good enough? So like I get the point. But I'm sure the same people would have been upset if there's just normal rainbow yeah, flag exactly. uh, would yep. have been up there as well. Because it means something more to them than it might mean to the person who put it up. Who simply it just might mean to them, we just want to be inclusive. We just want to welcome everybody to uh, to this site. I don't know. Well, 
Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add about it. Yeah, I, I don't know what intersectionality is still. I, I looked at yeah, the... Yeah, it wasn't a really good uh, explanation I've of it either. I've had it explained a million times on, on different uh, YouTubers talking about like feminism back in like 2016. That was like a huge topic. And really, it means whatever you want it to mean. It basically, it basically means like feminism. In the, in the terms of feminism, it means you can't just be purporting or promoting rights of white women you need to also um make sure you're intersectioning that group as in like feminism should be for all races of women but the thing is it seems a little unnecessary and it does seem to purposely do the thing that he's saying like oh women it it goes from just women are marginalized and we have this issue uh and, and we need women to have more rights to Oh well, you're not marginalized enough because you're a white woman. We are mm-hmm. now yeah. digging in deeper, and it's definitely part of that. Um, he was talking about a victim mentality. It could victim definitely, mentality. I, I just have the Wikipedia pulled up here, and it's just trying to read the statements. My eyes sort of glaze over, and it gets very difficult. I'm going to give you, ladies, the uh, just the first paragraph here. It's relatively short, maybe like three or four sentences. And tell me if you can make heads or tails out of this, okay? Intersectionality is an analytical framework for understanding how a person's various social and political identities combine to create different modes of discrimination and privilege. Intersectionality identifies multiple factors of advantage and disadvantage. Examples of these factors include gender, caste, race, sex, ethnicity, class, sexuality, religion, disability, weight, and physical appearance. Well, I understand what it's saying. It's it's saying basically what I'm saying. It's saying like... Yeah, you may be a woman, and we're feminists here, but you're not up. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, oppressed enough because you're a white, skinny woman. A fat black woman is more oppressed, and that that's basically what it is. Mm. The, these intersecting and overlapping social identities may be both empowering and oppressing. However, little good quality quantitative research has been done to support or undermine the theory of intersectionality. This is like what somebody would learn in their like college. um, You well, and yeah, like if they're like studying like gender studies Mm -hmm. or something. Like I just couldn't imagine like researching that. Like out of all of the things you could spend your time to learn about, like this is what. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's just awful. To and me. the thing is, it's just all opinion. It's like right now, there's yeah. this big thing. Like, I follow like Pariah the Doll on Twitter, and she has lots of trans friends that bring up the idea a lot that it's totally fine among like the worst type of online uh, leftists to talk badly about white gays. Like, you can call white gays the F word. I don't know if I can say on the radio. Yeah, I don't know either. But um, you and that's totally fine amongst these people. And like, in fact, they will go off on it. And oh, my God, I've seen some really terrible just things. Just like doesn't even make any sense, though. Yeah. Like, you know, it, like, yeah, it makes no sense at all. It's just like if, if you're principled, you should believe like all people have rights and mm-hmm. that's it. And I just don't get yeah. this. All this cutting it up. All it does is seem to divide people. And sure. the thing is the. The white gays are not taking the black gays' rights from them. The government is. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.